Well, good morning, Coastal. How you guys doing this morning? Yeah, there's like three of us that are happy to be here. How many of y'all are happy to be in God's house this morning? A little bit better, a little bit better. Well, I'm happy to be in God's house, even if you're not, because I believe that God is going to do something awesome in your lives today. By the way, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us. We're beginning a brand new series today called I Love My Church. And this series is all about the values of our church. It's about what we, what we aspire every single person that's following Jesus in this church to embody, to embrace, to really live out in their life. And today we're diving in and we're talking about um, one of the most important values. I think it's probably the most important value that we can start with. And it's this idea that healthy people grow. It's this idea that, man, people that are growing in their life typically are healthy people. Things that are not growing in life typically are dying, correct? And I think the same thing is true in our spiritual lives. If, if we're growing in our spiritual life, then there's a good chance our spiritual life is healthy. But if we're not growing, there's a good chance that there's some decay in our life, that there's some, some things that are missing in our lives. And today we really, really want to dive in and talk about that. But before we do, uh, I want to put this verse up on the screen. Um, and it's Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Um, just, just leave that up there because I'm going to ask you all to kind of say that with me here in a moment together. I want us all to kind of talk about this um, and, and repeat it. But before I do, I want you to understand the context of this verse. Because this verse is, is really, really important. It's written by the Apostle Paul uh, in, in, in the book of, he was writing to the Philippi church. And if you don't know much about Paul, uh, Paul was originally a guy named Saul who was an extremely religious guy. Uh, a lot like some of us here today, maybe we're extremely religious. And, and while he was extremely religious, he didn't really know anything about a relationship with God. And he had this encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus that radically transformed his life. And after that transformed his life, for the next 20 to 30 years, he spent his life going out and starting churches all over the world. Did absolutely incredible things. And, and so it was a custom for him to write to churches and talk to them and encourage them and build them up. And, and the context of this is, is, is that because he was starting all these churches, religious people really hate people that have discovered a relationship with Jesus because it's something that they're missing and they're kind of a little bit jealous of and they think it's all about rules and regulations where Jesus came to establish a relationship. And so Paul was always ticking these people off and eventually they got him caught up in some things and got him thrown in prison. And this wasn't just some normal prison. I mean, this was like the most deplorable situation you could find yourself in. It was like being in a third world country. And so Paul is in chains and he's writing this verse to the church in Philippi. And he's saying, listen, listen, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are or what your situation is. You can do all things through him who strengthens you. And so I just want to take a moment. And I want all of us to read this together on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. I can all things through him who strengthens me. Okay, that was about six of you. Okay, we're gonna, like, I can stay here all day and do this with each other. And so, like, uh, I, I, you're, you, to some degree, you're at my mercy right now. I've got a mic, you've got a seat. Okay, it's awesome. Um, so, so, on the count of three, we're gonna do this again. One, two, three. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's right, you can do all things through him who strengthens you. I want you to remember that. We'll, we'll get back to that at some point. Um, this week, I was, I was hanging out with one of my friends, and actually, he's, he's a pastor here on staff, and, and um, 
you know, we were hanging out and we were, we were riding around. And he has one of the, the, the coolest cars in the world. And, and, and I love his vehicle. In fact, um, do, you, do you have a picture of that vehicle? Can you put it up on screen? Um, this car is freaking awesome, okay? I, I'm, I, like, maybe I'm gangster. I don't know. But I love a Cadillac Escalade. Man, there's something about an Escalade that just, like, gets me going. Especially this. Like, I look at this in, in like, a pearl white Escalade with some 22s on it. You know what I'm saying? Dub deuces for you gangsters out there. Okay, we're going, we're going hardcore. Like, dark tint. I mean, beautiful leather interior. Seat 7, 420 horsepower, can tow up to 10,000 pounds. I mean, this car has a ton of potential and is beautiful all at the same time. Wouldn't we all, I mean, like that is a nice, nice, I mean, starting price, 76 grand for base model. Like some people are like, I'll probably never have one of those. Me neither. I tried to straight up trade him for my Prius and he just wasn't going for it. I don't know what the deal was. Like I thought it was a good and healthy trade. He just wasn't going for it. But, but as, I, as you're looking at this car, as beautiful it is, do any of you notice like uh, the problem with this car? Man, it's got a flat tire. Like you got an $80,000 Escalade on a flat 22 rim. Like, it's got some problems. Like, there's some issues with this car. Now, let's pretend, just for a moment, that, that you're a mechanic, and, and, and I'm going to bring this car to you, and I, and I, I roll up, and I say, hey, man, I, I need some help. My, my Escalade, I've been driving it, as, and I'm driving it at high speeds. It's kind of veering to the left a little bit. Like, the rod just isn't as good as it used to be. It, it doesn't seem to be accelerating the way that it used to do. Like, can you help me fix this? And, and really quickly, you look at the situation, and you go like, you know what, like, I, I, I pretty much know what's going on. The problem is, is, is you've got a flat tire, and if you'll fix the tire, like, it'll fix your problem. Like, most of us would look at that, and that would be our assessment of it, right? That would be the first thing that we would say, like, like let's get that fixed. But what if I said to you, mm, I'm just not sure that's really, really the problem. I think the problem with this car is the fact that it's pearl white. And if this car was red, if this car was red, like all of the problems would go away. I think it would drive a lot better. I think it would accelerate a lot better. And you would look at me and go, dude, you can paint that car orange or you can paint that bar car purple. But if you don't fix that freaking tire, ain't nothing going to change about the ride on that car. And I could look at you and go, well, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but you know what I think? I think that this car, what it needs, what it needs is the bumping stereo system, okay? What it needs is it needs like an MP3 to 8-track player, like everything in between. Like it needs to go in that vehicle, and when I pull up to the red light, like I hit so much BASS bass, like, like all of a sudden that red light changes the green because of the bass. Like if that was in my car, like everything would be okay. And you would go, man, you can put that sound system in your car and good luck with the A-track, okay? Because I don't know where you're going to find one of those jokers. But if you don't fix the tire, it doesn't matter what your sound system is. It isn't going to run properly. And I'd look at you and I'd say, well, you know what, man, you know what? I just think I'm wasting your time. I think I'm wasting your time because the real problem with this car isn't the color and it isn't the stereo system. You know what the real problem with this car is? The problem with this car right now is its location. If this car was located in like New York or New Hampshire, like this car would be so much better. It would run perfectly. It's the, the problem is, is that it's right here. And you'd go, listen, listen, listen. You can take that car to Nebraska or, or North Dakota or New Jersey. It doesn't matter where you take that car. If you don't fix that tire, 
Like you're going to still have the same problem that you're facing right now. Everyone in here can see the problem, can't they? And as we start to think about that, let me ask you this question. What's your flat tire in life? What's the thing in your life that needs to be changed that you're not addressing that's so obvious and so out there that like you know exactly what it is? In fact, as soon as I said something, you're like, I know exactly what my flat tire is. For some of you right now, you're thinking, man, I wish my spouse was here, and let me just go ahead and tell you what your flat tire is. It's your self-righteous arrogance, okay? That's what your flat tire is. If you're thinking about somebody else and they need to be here, you're like, you've already missed the point because you're missing out on the flat tire in your life. And a lot of us here in America, like what we like to do is we like to go and like paint the car a different color. We like to go get our hair done or get a new outfit or get a new tattoo and think that that's going to solve the problem. But we can do all the external things that we want to do. But if we don't fix the flat tire in our life, it doesn't matter how many of those things we do, which aren't bad things, it's not going to fix the problem. Others of us, we think, man, if I can just grab some more technology, if I have the newest iPhone or the Samsung, whatever, and I fill my life with all these gadgets, like, that's going to solve my problem. But that does not fix the spiritual flat tire that you have in your life. Or you say to yourself, man, if I could just get, if I just want a new marriage. If I just had a new marriage or if I had a new family or if I lived somewhere else, like, that would fix all of my problems. And the problem with that is that you are still going to whatever that is. And the problem that you have goes with you everywhere you go until you fix the tire. And so my question is, is, is what is your flat tire? Now, I know some of y'all are thinking like, man, I just need to walk out of here right now because I know what my flat tire is and there is no way that I could ever fix it. Like, it is so bad that there's nothing that could ever be done to fix my tire. And I would remind you that you said in the very beginning, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I want to remind you what you've already proclaimed, whether you believed it or not, is the fact that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And so there isn't some asterisk next to your problem or your flat tire that is so big that God says, man, I can't deal with that thing. And the reason healthy people grow in life is is because growing people have learned how to change. Growing people have recognized that, that there is change that has to take place in their life. There is something that has got to go on inside of them that transforms them. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look in Luke chapter 15 today. If you have your Bible, turn to with us to Luke chapter 15. It's where we're going to be hanging out. And uh, we're going to look at the story of the prodigal son. And, and some of you guys are sitting here and you're thinking about this and you're like, man, I just don't have a flat tire. I have like four flat tires and a broken out window. And, and like there's a lot of things that are wrong right now. And I would just remind you that growth happens in our life when we start addressing the problems and the issues that we can see right now. And we start to do something about that. And because if we're going to grow, we're going to have to change and we're going to have to change and we're going to have to do some things that are going to be a little bit different than what we're currently doing in our life. And so a couple things that we're going to have to do to change. Number one, we're going to have to see it as necessary. We're going to have to see change as necessary. What we're going to have to do is we're going to have to admit that there is a flat tire right there. 
that we have got something going on that we need to fix. I mean, this is one of the nicest and most luxurious SUVs that is out there. And let me just tell you something. You are one of the most luxurious and nicest things that God has ever created. Do you know that God created you? Custom designed, one of a kind. Like he bought you with a price. Like you are an unbelievable uh creature that he developed and he designed and this is the thing like you just like this vehicle will never maximize its potential if it doesn't change it change its tire you will never become the person that god has called you to be until you start addressing the issues that are in your life that you haven't yet addressed like you're never going to become all that god has called you to be and it's not about us being a better person it's about us being the person that jesus has called us to be and so luke chapter 15 starting in verse 11 it says this, and he said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Now, let me just stop right here because when Jesus started telling this story, when he went and, and he said, like, there were two sons and a son went and said to his father, like, give me your inheritance. Like, everybody in the crowd right there would have been in shock and awe because in the essence, what the son was saying to the father right there is he's saying, like, man, dad, I wish you were dead. Like, when are you gonna just keel over and die so I can get what's mine? In the essence, that's what he's saying right there. And, and this, is, this is important that we don't miss this point right here. Did the son have a relationship with the father? Not a trick question. Did the son have a relationship with the father? Yeah, of course he did. Of course the son had a relationship with the father. It's very important to us because the only way that we can have a relationship with the father is through the son, Jesus. A lot of us think that we can just go straight to God. How we get to God is through Jesus Christ. Like we have got to have a relationship with the son to go to the father. And the reason I make this point is because some people are out there that say, man, if you truly love God, like if you truly love Jesus, you will never walk away from that relationship. And, and I would say, like, man, I've been alive for 35 years and 15 years in ministry, and I've seen a lot of people that I believe love Jesus have walked away from a relationship with the Father. Walked away. There's other people that say, like, man, if you're a Christ follower, and like, if you're truly a Christ follower, you will never have a flat tire. Anybody out there know some Christians that got some flat tires? Don't point at them. Like, that's messed up, okay? Exactly. Verse 13, not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. Now, let me ask you a question. Did he still have a relationship with the father? Of course he did. He still had a relationship. It might have been a little, little messed up at that point, but he was in a place where he didn't belong. Going on to verse 14, and when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. See, sin will always take you farther than you wanted to go. It'll cost you more than you ever wanted to pay, and it'll keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay. I mean, that's what sin does. It says the severe famine arose in the land. It was something that was unexpected. Like, he wasn't predicting that, that was gonna happen. And let me just tell you something. The flat tires that you're gonna have in life, sometimes are gonna be some things that you can't control. And, and just like you can't control the world around you and you can't control what other people do to you, sometimes things just happen. And that's what happens. A famine came into his life. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Verse 15, it says, So when he went, he hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country, who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. 
Now, this is so big right here because to any Jewish person, like the idea of living with pigs would have been like the worst punishment that anybody, like nobody would have ever even thought that was possible because pigs were, pigs were just deplorable. They were like the grossest of the grossest things to a Jewish person. And the fact that he was longing to eat the same stuff that pigs were eating. I mean, this is what I would call for us the ultimate flat tire in life. This is where he's at. Verse 17, it says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. It says, he came to himself. In other words, he came to his senses. And let me just tell you something. This is the phrase that pays right here because this is the phrase where all of a sudden like, he got this point where he's like, man, I, I, I've got it figured out. He's saying like, man, the way things are, aren't the way things have to be. And something's gotta change and that change has to be in me. I have got to do something different. And this is what I know about people that are in horrible situations is that they've got to come to this place where they recognize they need change before they could ever get help in life. In fact, every 12-step program, the first thing that a person has to do is they have to admit that they've got a problem. Like they've gotta admit that they need change in their life. And as long as we have flat tires like this and we're calling them issues or something we just need to pray about, like, hello, church. Anybody ever heard that? Like, I've got some, I've got some issues or I just need to pray about that. Listen, if you saw this car broke down on the side of the road and you just saw some dude with his hand on the car just praying on it, like, you would pull over and go, like, that's weird. Like, like, if you want to do something about that, like, what you need to do instead of just putting your hand on that when there's something you can do, you ought to go back to the back of your car, open up the trunk, break out the jack, and start jacking that thing up because a lot of us are asking God to do something that he's already told us to do. And we've got to look at that, and we've got to say, you know what? There is some responsibility here that I need to take. Because the change that I see is necessary to do. Some of us look at that and say, man, TJ, that's, that's crazy because of the change that I see in my life. Man, I know exactly what it is, and it's not going to be easy. It's not, in fact, it's going to be virtually impossible. And I would just remind you of what you already said. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I wrote it down like this. I said, just because change is necessary doesn't mean that it's easy, which is why I need his strength in me. Just because change is necessary doesn't mean that it's gonna be easy, which is why we need God's strength in our life. And here's the bad news. Without Jesus, you might be able to get a new and improved you, but it's never gonna be a complete you. It's always gonna be lacking in something in life. Because Jesus is the only one that can make true and lasting change that, that can make anything and everything possible in our life. And so we have got to see change as a necessary aspect of our life. The second thing we have to do is we have to take responsibility. We have got to take responsibility. And I was thinking about flat tires, and I was thinking about what are some of the reasons people get flat tires. I think one of the reasons people get flat tires is people flatten their own tire. I don't know if they just take out a knife and stick it in them, but a lot of us do that to ourselves spiritually. We flatten our own tires spiritually. 
Some of us, um, somebody else flattens our tire. Have any of you guys ever flattened somebody else's tire? Maybe you've gone and you've taken, unscrewed the cap and you put a pebble in it and screwed it back on. Anybody ever done that? You just learned something in church. That's how you can flatten your friend's tire. Um, it's really slow and methodical. It's messed up. So if you do that to me, I will find you. And we have, I have anger issues. We discussed that last week. So, um, but like we, somebody else flattens your tire. It's, it's messed up. Another reason we get some flat tires is just circumstances. Maybe you're driving down the road, you hit a pothole, flattens your tire. I, I run over nails all the time, like circumstantial, and all of a sudden I walk out and my tire is flat. Like those things just happen in life. And listen, it doesn't matter if you flatten your own tire or somebody else flattens your tire or if circumstances just happen, that tire is never gonna get changed until you take responsibility for it. Like, it's not going to change itself. Like, the, the sun, notice what the sun doesn't do. The, the sun doesn't go, well, you know what? My tire is flat because of my dad. My dad, if, if there, he wouldn't have given me my inheritance, then, then I wouldn't have my flat tire. And my mom, like, what in the world was she thinking? Like, why would she let my dad do that? And then, then there's, there's my brother of me. I hate that dude. He's my older brother, and he always gets everything that he wants. He always gets first choice. Man, life is so hard. And Jesus would have told this story like, there was a guy, he took his inheritance, he went to a far off land, wasted it all, went in a pig pen and died. That would have been the story. But that isn't the story. Because if we're gonna address our flat tire we're going to have to take responsibility for it. And this is what I know is that pretty much all of us in this room, we have a sad story. I'm not downplaying your story because I've heard some of your stories and some of you have been used and you've been abused and there have been some unbelievably terrible things that have happened to your life. I'm not downplaying that, but at the same point, We've got to take responsibility for our life. We've got to take responsibility in the moment for what's happened to us because we can't control what happened to you, but we can control the attitude with which we deal with it. And a lot of times we, we want to go out there and, 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 and we want to make excuses. You know, whether we flattened our own tire or somebody else came and did that or circumstances happened. I mean, think about this guy. Like, he didn't choose this. I mean, like, the famine came along and that just kind of ruined everything. And we want to make excuses. And so I hear it all the time. Like, well, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I was born. Like, like, that's how we talk from Puerto Rico. Like, we're just hard on people. Sorry, all the Puerto Ricans in here. Uh, Like, and we blame our sin on, like, our geography. Like, I'm Puerto Rican. I can just do that. Or I'm from, I'm from the north. Like, we just, we just cut people off in traffic and then honk our horns when the light hasn't turned green yet. You know, I, I told you guys last week, man, I used to have a, 
a bad, bad anger problem, like so bad. I got kicked out of two kindergartens. I had my own classroom to second grade by myself uh, because I used to beat kids up every single day in school. And then going up through middle school and high school, I would get so angry, I'd put holes in walls. Like I, I had issues and, 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 and I had problems and I had a really, really major anger problem. Then I found Jesus and I found myself still being angry. And I would, I would say, well, that's just the way I was brought up. That's just the way, that's just the way my dad was. That's just the way my grandfather was. And, and, and one day I met Jesus and Jesus said, that's awesome. And you might have been born that way, but that's not how you were reborn. You were reborn a new creation. The old things have passed away and the new things have come. And some of us keep blaming our sin on our past rather than taking the legacy that Jesus has already given us, that we can be a new creation, that we can be a new person, that we can have something different happen in our lives because that isn't supposed to be normal for somebody that's following Jesus. And listen, I can blame it all. Man, my parents got divorced. I was exposed to a lot of things. I was, grew up in bars. I can say all of that stuff and I can continue to justify my behavior or I can go, you know what? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Just like you can. And like the things that used to hold me back won't hold me back any longer. And we can continue to be victims in life, but let me just tell you something. Victims never have victory in life. And you can stay and you can continue to be a victim and go, whoa, it's me, my tire's flat for all those things. And you'll never move from the position you're in right now. Or you can get up and start doing something and start taking some responsibility and see God do something awesome in your life. Because we serve a God who came to this earth and lived a sinless life, died and rose three days later so that we could overcome death and the grave and your flat tire. But we gotta take some responsibility for it. Then number three, we've got to live obediently. We've got to live obediently. We want change to come in our life, man. We have got to live obediently. And so my question for you is, is what is your flat tire? What's your flat tire? For some of you, your flat tire is that person you're dating. You know that that person is not good for your life, but yet you continue to stay in that relationship. That's your flat tire. For others of you, it's that person you're having a relationship with that is not your spouse, that's your flat tire. And all of a sudden, when we start putting some names to our flat tires, it gets real, real personal in life. For some of us, our flat tire is the addiction that we're carrying with us right now. For others of us, our flat tire is that abuse of food that we have. For others of us, that flat tire in our life is that pornography that we're looking at every single day. For others of us, man, the flat tire that we have is the fact that we have no control over our finances and we're spending way more than we're ever making. And man, it is paralyzing us. And this is what I know is that all all of us have something in our lives that we need to change today. That we need to start addressing in order to optimize the purpose and potential that God has for our lives so we can continue to grow and become more like him. And here's what I can't tell you today. I can't tell you that if you, if you tell Jesus what your problem is, that all of your circumstances are going to go away because they're probably not. They're probably not, like, and that's a part of our problem. We want everything to change on our time, don't we? I mean, like, I want change, but I want it, like, when I want it. It's kind of like when I got married, like, I remember the first fight that Shayla and I had, like, a real knockdown, drag-out, blow-out kind of fight. We were living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and like, most of the fights, you know, I said some things, and I did some things um, that were wrong, um, and husbands, you'll probably learn this, like, most of the time, the fights are because you messed up, um, and so, like, I realized that I messed up, and the thing that I don't like about fights is, is, is admitting that I'm wrong. 
Uh, anybody else out there with me? I hate being wrong. And so going back, I remember going and, and apologizing to Shayla and, you know, making peace, uh, uh, at least at what I thought. And I remember we were sitting there on our couch in our apartment in Tulsa, and, 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 and I looked over and I was like, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And I was like, sure doesn't sound like everything's okay. Like, are you sure? And she's like, listen, TJ, a girl needs time to process. I was like, well, how long is that process going to take, you know? <laughs> you just never know, okay? Um, but I meet guys that have, have been having an affair on their wife for three years, and, and they've come clean in it, and, and they go and they start doing the right thing for three days, and their wife doesn't treat them and just fall in love all over again with them, and they're like, man, I'm going to give this up. Like, if you've been cheating on your wife for three years, don't you think you should probably at least give her three years to, to do everything you can to win her heart back? If not, maybe six, maybe like the rest of your life. Don't you think that would be the thing to do? Because there's a process that goes along with it. Anyways, side note, keep reading the story. Uh, verse 18, it says, he says, I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Now this is awesome because here he is, he's lying in a pig pen and he's, and he's looking at the situation and he goes, man, you know what? I've got to take responsibility and, and, and I've got to stop blaming everybody else and I've got to do something about this. Like I've got to do something different. And so he gets up and starts heading home. You know what the hardest step to change is in life? It's your first step. It's your first step. Because, like, he didn't know what his father was going to respond like. He didn't know what his mom was going to say when he, rode, when he went home. But all he knew is that, man, I've got to take one more step. He didn't know whether it was going to take him three months or three years to get home. He didn't know what the reaction of people all around him were going to be. But every time he started thinking about those things and started getting discouraged, he started saying to himself, you know what, I'm going to take one more step. We've just got to take one more step. And some of us here today, the step that we need to take is we need to take a step towards obedience and saying, God, like, this is my problem. This is the thing that I need to address, and I'm going to get it out and I'm going to get it before you and I'm going to say like this has got to change in me and I can't tell you what your journey will look like but I can tell you what the end of your journey will look like verse 20 it says but while he was still a long way off his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him and the son said to him father I've sinned against heaven and before you I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and bring a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. Hey, can you guys go back to verse 22? Because it's the, it's the, but the father said to his servant, is it possible for you guys to do that? Perfect. It says, but the father said to his servant, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put on a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. This is what I want you to see. This is so, so critical. Here's this boy. He's coming home and he's dirty and he can't change himself. 
But as soon as he gets to the father, what does the father do? Like he's a mess and the father right away, he changes everything about him. He goes and he gives him a brand new robe that's clean because his robe's dirty. He goes and he grabs a ring that he can't even have anymore and puts it on his hand. He goes and he changes his sandals. As he was walking towards his father, his father was running towards him. And let me tell you something about God. God is just waiting for you to to take a step towards him and he'll come running after your life because he's not here to condemn you. He's not here to judge you. He's here to come and restore your life. He's here to fix your tire. But you've got to take the first step and be obedient in that. And as you're obedient in that, man, it's when we choose him that he embraces us. And if you're a follower of God, man, God did not intend you for you to live your life with a flat tire. God intended for us to be healthy people who are growing. Because growing people are constantly changing in life. And today, some of us, we we need to take some steps. And maybe for for you out there, your step is is admitting that you do have a problem. It's saying like, man, this is my flat tire, and it's talking to somebody about that. For others of you, you didn't even know that you have this God that if you would take a step towards him, man, he would come running after you. He's been chasing after you. He's been looking. He's been longing for you all of your life. And maybe today is the day that you need to make a decision for him. That maybe today is the day that you need to go and embrace him. Then others of us that we know what our flat tire is and, and, and people know about our flat tire. Today is the day that we have to actually be obedient and do something about it for once. Instead of just ignoring it and saying like this, this thing that's pulling me to the left or pulling me to the right. I, like I'll just overcompensate for it. Listen, it's messing up your life. It's time for us to change. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you and we thank you for what you are and what you're doing. God, I pray right now for each and every person that's here. Lord, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would move inside of each and every person here. Lord, and I know that there's some people here that have got some flat tires in life. There's some things that are going on that are messing them up and that are jacking them up and that have got them all over the place in life. And they can continue to ignore the fact that there's a flat tire. They can continue to, to act like that thing isn't there. But I think that today is the day that some people need to step out and they need to say, you know what, I've got a problem. And maybe they need to tell a friend. Maybe they need to tell somebody else. But I also believe that there's some people here that have never experienced a relationship with Jesus. And today is the day that you can make the greatest decision that you've ever made. You see, our flat tires in life, they're not just flat tires. That's what we call sin. And all of us have sinned in life. We've all fallen short. We've all missed the mark. And the natural penalty for that is death. But see, we have this God that loves us so much that he was willing to give and he was willing to sacrifice his son so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. And while we deserve death, while we deserve to live a life with flat tires and and screw-ups and mess-ups, God has given us another option in another way. And maybe today is the day that you need to decide to choose him and accept his love and his grace and his forgiveness and his help so that you can do all things through him, through Jesus, who gives you strength.
And so, Father, I just pray right now, God, that you would just meet us all right here, right where we are. Then maybe you're out there and you say, I need that. And you would just pray this prayer. God, I've messed up. I've screwed up. I've sinned in my life. I've got some flat tires. But I realize that you sent your son to take care of that. I'm sorry. I realize that he died and he rose again three days later so I could have life and I could have it more abundantly. So I could do all things through you who gives me strength. I ask you to come into my heart, save me, change me, transform me. Do a new thing inside of me today. God, and for the rest of us, I pray that today we would not just continue to drive down the road with a jacked up vehicle, but God, we would maximize the potential that you've created us to be and that we would become like your son. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.